Hi everyone, Joy here. Today I have a very special guest. His name is Michael and he lives in Connecticut. Now Michael is known to be a master in encouraging um, you know, people and he's a dynamic motivational speaker. And I think that's exactly what we need on, need on the show. So Michael was very fortunate. He grew up with fantastic role models and he really dedicated his life to help teenagers and adults and really just to motivate them and to see them I can say Michael can I say set them up for success and um, so he's been doing that also for the last 25 years so please let's welcome Michael. Hi there my name is Joy Nicholson I'm an entrepreneur digital marketer coach and mentor I've been diving in deep for the last year to discover what it really takes to be an entrepreneur not just the fluff that you see on the outside when you see people that are already successful but what it takes behind the scenes to become successful what I discovered was mind-blowing Millionaires think differently. They have unique habits, focus, discipline, and so much more. Follow along in this podcast where I'll be sharing my journey, the journey of other entrepreneurs, what makes them successful, but most importantly, what can make you successful. Michael, welcome to Unleash Your Focus. I'm very excited to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine, and I'm very happy to be able to join you um, and your audience. Yes. Thank you so much for agreeing to come onto the show. I think just looking at your experience and you've got 25 years experience in this, I think it's absolutely phenomenal that you decided to dedicate your life to helping people. Um, it is such a fantastic thing to do. You know, we need more of you on earth. So can you tell people a little bit about you? You know, where did you grow up? Where did you come from? Just a little bit of an introduction so people can get to know you. Okay. All right. But I'm going to do this in a really creative way, Joy. All right. And so what I want to do is I want to tell a story and the story helps to set up my, my, my life story. Um, and it's about a farmer and a donkey. Nice. Right. And this nice. donkey, yeah, this donkey is one of the farmer's favorite animals because once he finishes working with them on the field, he brings the donkey back to his house and he allows the donkey to play with his kids. So imagine he works with them on a farm, he brings them home, the kids come running out, they wash them, they, they ride them, they pet them, and then he releases them back out in the farm. And this is something that they do on a regular basis. One night he brings them home, they play, play with him, he releases them back out into the farm. The following morning when he comes to call the donkey, the donkey doesn't come. So he usually whistles and the donkey comes. This morning the donkey doesn't show up. So he wants to find him. So he starts walking around the farm. He's calling his name. He finally realizes that he's at the bottom of this water well that wow. he stumbled into during the night. So during the night, he stumbled. He fell into this well. He couldn't get out. He's making noises. So the farmer comes over. He looks down. And he's like, how am I going to get him out? So he goes and gets six of his friends. And they look in the well. And they say, you know what? Let's get some rope and let's try to pull him out with the rope. So all six friends go get rope and they start lassoing the donkey. They throw it down, they miss him. They throw it down, they miss him. They throw it down and they finally get it by his hind legs. He steps into the rope. They shimmy it up his body and they start to pull. They pull, the donkey moves. They pull, the donkey moves. They pull, the donkey moves. But then halfway up the well, they realize that the donkey's too heavy, George. So they lower him back to the bottom of the well. And now the farmer has to make a grim decision. Now, see, the farmer can't feed the donkey food at the bottom of the well because that wouldn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. He really doesn't feel comfortable with starving him because, like I said, he's more like a pet. Mm -hmm. 
that one of his hot-headed friends were like, hey, just shoot him. He's like, nah, I can't shoot him. That's too violent. But one of his more reasonable friends says, listen, you don't want your kids to fall into the well. So let's cover him with dirt so your kids can't fall in. You're going to have to sacrifice your donkey, but we're going to have to do this. So the farmer was like, you know what? I can deal with that. So they all got shovels and they started to shovel dirt into the well. And every time that dirt would hit the donkey, he would scream. And every time he screamed, it would cause the farmer some distress. So you got dirt, scream, dirt, scream, dirt, scream. Then all of a sudden, the scream stopped. When the scream stopped, they gave the donkey a moment of silence, but they kept going to work. They kept shoveling, they kept shoveling, they kept shoveling. The next thing you know, Joy, you see the donkey's right ear. So they start shoveling faster. The next thing you know, you see half his body. They keep shoveling faster. And the next thing you know, that donkey walks right out of the well that he fell into. Now, the way that he saved him, yeah, the way that he saved himself is every time that dirt came across the wall, it would fall on his back, he would shake it off, and he would step on it. And he used every scoop of dirt mm -hmm. that was meant to kill him to save his life. Now, I tell you that because what I want your listeners to understand is that I am the donkey. And every time life threw me some dirt, I shook it off and I stepped on it. So let me just tell you a few of my dirt and then we'll get on with the interview. I but, love um, this. This is awesome, Michael. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> First and foremost, um, I had a raging alcoholic dad. Now, I say raging because if I just said alcoholic, that wouldn't do it any justice. This man raged right up into the day that I died, the day that he died, which I was 16. And so just imagine being a teenager, never having one day of peace, always wow. wondering what your night was going to be at, be like when you got home that night. On top of the raging alcoholic father, I grew up in poverty. Both my parents worked full time. He was a bus driver. My mom was a housekeeper. So she cleaned homes for a living. But his money went to the drinking. My mother made minimal money as a housekeeper and she raised four kids wow. with just her salary. Yeah, so you know, we didn't really have the money. On top of not having money, the dysfunction, not only in my family, but in my neighborhood, you know, my neighborhood was full of um, crime, um, drugs, um, gangs. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that were going on. Yeah. But the beauty of my story is that I was able to navigate through all of this turmoil. And I was able to take everything that I went through. And it is the foundation of my passion of why I want to help other people. You know That's what I'm awesome. saying? If you look at my life on paper, my, uh, look at my life on paper. There's no way that I should be doing today what I'm doing with the life that I had in the beginning. That is amazing, Michael. That is absolutely, oof, I almost have to fight down the tears here. This is such a powerful <laughs> story. So, so tell me about this then. Tell me about how you, you know, the dirt that's been thrown onto you and how you got out of this. What was your number one thing that got you out of the dirt? You know, if we athleticism you know what what it was to keep me peaceful is um god has gifted me with the ability to be good in sports and so as all this craziness and chaos is going on around me i'm actually playing sports and getting success and the accolades and so it separated me from 
from, from the nonsense. And then in the midst of playing the sports, I'm having relationships with my teammates. I have coaches that were good role models for me. And so it, 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 it protected me. Um, I almost would call it like respite. So anytime I would go to practice or game, you know, I was able to separate myself for the craziness. Um, and so it kept, it kept me sane. And so when I got older, it, it, it worked into me now using that dirt um, to help people because I'm able to identify it very well in others because I've been there myself. Yeah. So do you think that's also the number one thing that like basically put your life where it is now is that just taking something positive like your sports and pouring your energy into that and not going into gangs and things like that? Right, right. And, and you know, what, what it is, is when you talk about success, um, I think when we look at our lives, what we need to do is if we look at our lives from the proper perspective, yes. no matter what we go through, we can find meaning. Yes. You see what I'm saying? So when I reflect back over my life, there's some things that I went through that were horrific, but yeah. in the process, I learned things. And so when I'm encouraging someone else, it's almost as if I did it, yeah. I'm going to explain to you my outcome. And my hope is that you don't go down the same path. Wow. And you've been doing this for 25 years, encouraging teens and adults. And I assuming you've had a lot of success stories. Yes, yes, yes. Would you like to hear one? Yes, please. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so let me, let me hit, uh, I, I, I want to do two. So Go the first it. one is um, here uh, uh, in, the, in the States, we, we, we have foster care. Yes. So they're kids that are removed from their homes and they don't live with their parents. So my first job out of college is I worked at one of these facilities. Okay. And I found out that if a kid went to, went to college, the state, the government would have to pay for their room and board. But they wouldn't tell the kids. But when I found out, I started to tell them. And so I wanted to push as many of them to go off to college to become successful. So um, I started, to, one of the kids, I started to mentor him. Um, he was from the inner city. And he first went off to junior college and he got his... Uh, um, associate's degree in culinary arts. Then he left and he went to uh, get his bachelor's degree. Um, and then he finally went on to get his master's. And so this is a kid that rode the subways of Manhattan because he was homeless. But now at the end of his story, he's able to be, you know, he's a businessman, you know, we yeah. still stay in contact and he's, you know, he's had a successful life. Um, the other is a young lady who in four generations, no one had ever graduated high school. Wow. So four generations, no, yeah, right? Can you imagine? No one graduated high school, so nobody's showing her the way. Yeah. And I met her when she was in ninth grade, and I began to mentor and, and work with her. Um, and after the, her whole high school career, she was the first one in her family to ever graduate high school. That is amazing. That is really amazing. You know, 
like I'm in a lot of communities where people have, I, I call it, well, not just me, but you know, the saying is you have a broke mindset because you, you grow up in poverty and that's all you know, but people don't, like you say, don't dig themselves out of their problems and their situations. And I come across this every other day because I mentor people to start an online business. And I, and the very first problem that they have in actually getting started is because of the broke mindset, because they've had a troubled past or, you know, trouble with, you know, basically life, like you say, these stories and listening to your stories. And I know some of my students, they started, you know, with like mom and dad being poor. They don't know about savings. They don't know anything really because they grow up like that. Now in saying that, so if you say you take somebody and you mentor them, how long do you mentor them for? Is it depending on the success or is it like a program that you do with them? How do you work? It's a program. It's a program. So what, what my program is set up to do when I do it with the youth, but when I say this with the youth, just envision that it could be an adult group as well. Okay. okay? But it's over a two day period. And what I do over the two day period is I run them through experiential activities to yeah. allow them to really get to know who they are in their lives. So I start out by telling that story. Like I told you about the dirt and the yeah. donkey. Yeah. And what I do through the activities is I, I make them through the activities, walk back through their lives, mm. see the things that they've been able to overcome, mm. but then use them as a catalyst to success rather than to fail. So like uh, an example of one of the activities I do mm. is called affirmation in twos. So I have two people talk to each other for one minute and they list all the positive qualities about themselves. Nice. And then they introduce themselves to the group. Everything I do is in a circle, okay? After they finish introducing themselves to each other, I then debrief it with them and I ask, you know, how would it, how would it feel if I gave you one minute to list the negative things? And when I say that, most people are like, wow, if you gave me a minute to list the negative things, I could sit and talk here all day. And so what I explain to them is that that's a problem but it's a problem that we can overcome. And what I explained to them is that we are products of our thought lives. So whatever you think, yeah. you start to reflect that on the world. And I explained that people don't help us with that process. So you have your peers, you have family members mm. that add to the negative thoughts you have. Mm. And what I say is if you don't process that properly, and I use a tag, which I say you need to be the driver of your car, mm -hmm. not the passenger of your car. And so you have to be able to allow those things that you went through mm -hmm. to be unpacked properly so that they don't control your decisions that you make and that you have a better sense of who you are and where you came from. Wow. That's powerful stuff, Michael. Wow. That's really, really powerful stuff. So, so you do like a, so you do like a group coaching and then you individually mentor them after that. Is that how you work? Yeah. yeah. So after the process, what happens is, is when there's about 25 and 30 going through at the same time. Okay. And what we do is we get involved in everyone's story as yeah. we go through the process. But really what happens, which is nice is, you get to gauge it as you go and set up the minor steps. So once we leave the group, it's really just me um, um, giving them uh, booster shots every so often yeah. to make sure that they're on the same path, mm 
and to fill some of the voids anytime they run into some, some issues or problems. Wow, that's been powerful. Now, okay, I want to flip the coin to the other side of it because now obviously you've got success stories and I'm, I know you've got a lot of them. So what do you do? Do you keep encouraging people when they don't do what you tell them to do and they kind of just went off the path and I get back into gangs and stuff? Do you keep trying to motivate them or is it like an ongoing process? Like if they just don't want to, is there like a fine line where you feel like people just don't want to and there's no way to save them? Yeah. You know, and I had to learn it though. See, that's, you know that when you work with people, yeah. you know, um, I have this, this, when I first started, I had to save the world. So, you know, what I had to, had to learn is, is you only can pour into those that want to be poured into. And so now what I do is when I get to the point where I feel that a person has shut down and yeah. they no longer want to receive the information, I'm able to step back. You know, I had a, a one story with a teenager who um, I told him that he was so smart. I said, either you're going to be a CEO or you're going to go to jail. Now, that, that wasn't really a bad statement, but he took it because of his negative mindset that I was saying he was going to prison and yeah. he started to cry. And so I felt upset and I explained to him, no, I'm telling you, you could go either way. Yes. But all of a sudden, he stopped coming to school. And one day I was at another school and I come out of that school and he's hanging out on the street. And when he looked me in the eyes, I know he looked at me and he said, wow, this guy said I could either be on one side of the track or the other side of the track. Yeah. And obviously with him not being in school, he chose to go the other way. But, you know, you can't save everybody. Yeah. You know, um, people have to be at a place to want to have help. That's the thing. And that's what I found. Like I've given up on quite a few people because not because I want to, but because you can only have that much energy to pour into people. And eventually they start draining you of your positive energy because they just don't want to, they just don't yeah. want to. And I think that's where you just, you just have to cut it off and say, well, I tried, I did everything I could. It's on you now. If you don't make this decision, then, you know, it's nothing we can do. Yeah. It's, it's a sad reality, but it's, you know, it's the truth. It's, it's quite hard. Okay. So you've been doing this now for 25 years, Michael. Right, do, you, right. do you ever see yourself doing anything else? I have to ask. <laughs> um, anything else? Uh, you know, you know, the motivational speakers step into the stage, facilitating the groups. Do I see myself? Nope. No, you know, I, I'll tell you this though, um, being a, 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 a football player, I, I wanted to be a professional football player. Mm -hmm. That was my dream. And I, I went to college. Uh, I tried out for professional football, but I didn't make it. But you know, one day I realized I was leaving one of my groups and the group was really intense. And the kids really, the teenagers gave me some real deep stuff and it was real heavy in the room. And I'm driving in my car and the thought came to me of a multi-million dollar football contract and what I felt in that room with the kids. And I laughed, you know, a LOL moment, like right there in my car, because I realized that the multi-million dollar contract had nothing on what I just experienced in that room. So, you know, I'm, I'm in my gift. You know, I can't say I would want to do anything else. You know, I, I feed off of what I do. You know, people say, how did you overcome? And, 
and how you're able to continue to be motivated. Yeah. Me working is therapeutic. Yes. So going to work every day and being able to talk about my life allows me not to walk around heavy. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, no, I think, I think I'm in the right place and I don't even think about any other thing with my life. That is awesome. That is so fantastic to be so fulfilled in life that you just, you don't want anything else. You're so content, right? So, okay. So now you're very good in motivating people. How do you motivate yourself every day? Um, you know, the way I motivate myself is to understand that you never know who's watching So you always have to be at the top of your game. So I say that because I'm a husband Mm -hmm. and I'm a father. So the first place that I have to model correctly is at my home. And, you know, I I realized one morning was funny. I came out of my room and I think I was having a bad morning and I kind of, I wasn't yelling, but my energy was bad. And I watched my family's energy. So like a day or so later, I came out peppy and happy and I watched their energy. So I realized that I control the temperature of my home by the way I act. And so that being said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant of that. So what keeps me on point is, okay, at home, it's my family. But when I step into these rooms and I step on the stage, you know, people are watching you. And so the best way to keep you in line and motivate and keep yourself motivated mm-hmm. is that, you know, you never know what a person is going to take from what they see or what they're exposed to when they're around you. That is so true. I absolutely love this because I felt like a few times when I'm just getting upset because I've got two small children and if the toys lie everywhere and after I told them like 10 times to pick it up, you kind of feel like, okay, boys, pick up the toys. And immediately everybody's just kind of like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, you're not speaking to me in a nice tone. And it is so true. Like your energy really affects the people around you. Okay. So now you said you go back into your room and you know, you, you fix your energy. How do you fix it? Like if you are feeling like, you know, okay, you're not really yourself, you're not, you know, your peppy self, how do you fix your negative energy to become positive? Um, I'm very spiritual. You know what I'm saying? I'm very much into my faith. Yes. And so um, that, that's, 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 my, that's, that's my common ground. You know what I'm saying? So prayer, you know, I pray. Yeah, I'm you know same. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, you know, when I, whenever I feel off balance yes. um, in the cri- Christian faith, they call it the Holy Spirit. And so it's, it's like your conscience. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I feel that I'm not in the right place, we talk. You know what I'm saying? And he talks back to me. And, and so, you know, sometimes he'll tap me on the shoulder and be like, hey, my man, it wasn't good. It wasn't you need to go back in there. Yeah. And you need, and did, you know, you end up talking back like, ah, come on, I don't feel like it. But then you, you listen to that spiritual side of you. And so the spiritual side of me really keeps me balanced. Even when I'm in groups, you know, I'm so much into my spirituality that if I quiet my spirit enough, I start to be able to like meet people's minds, you know, like something will, will, I'll listen to their story and I'm able to piece it together and tell them things. And it'd be like, how did you know that? But you know, you know, your spirituality and my center is how I'm able to to stay focused and and balanced. That is so awesome. That is so, so cool. I have to ask you as well, leading into that a little bit, do you meditate at all, Michael? 
I don't meditate in the sense of, you know, meditation now that I'm older than mature and understand it. I do meditate, but I meditate like on, on, on the, the word, the Bible. I meditate, you know, I listen to, I listen to motivational spiritual people in the morning. Yes. So I meditate and I do that regularly. So yes. there's an hour of my day mm -hmm. before I start today where I do my, 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 what I would consider meditative. So listening to my, the speakers, reading some of the Bible, and then I listen to what I call worship music. Mm -hmm. So that is what I do every day before I start my day. Mm -hmm. So it centers me and it gets me into um, uh, a really peaceful place. Nice. I love it. That is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, being a fellow Christian, that's exactly, you know, if the energy in a house is bad, that's what we do. Um, I would put on the worship music and, you know, it's amazing how it changes the, and I would put it loud. <laughs> and it's amazing how it, how it changes the energy in a house and my little boys, they know the song. So they start singing and it's just, uh, it's really, really awesome. Um, it's very cool yeah. to hear that. Okay, so what is your mission at the moment? So obviously you've been you've been living your mission, okay? But do you have like a do you have an end target on your mission? Like do you have like a certain amount of people that you want to help, or you know what is that thing that you want to still accomplish in life? Well, you know, believe it or not, talking to you right now is part of my expansion of my mission. You know, I um went to a branding a branding summit in a conference right before um, COVID came in. Okay. And it was about how to, how to better your brand. Mm -hmm. And what they taught was global, global awareness. Yes. So what they mean by global awareness is obviously me and you talking, you're mm -hmm. in New Zealand, I'm in Connecticut. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So when I came home from the conference, I started reaching out to podcasts. Yes. So what I want to do is I want to bring my message globally. That's you know, good. I want to bring my message. Yeah, I want to bring it globally. Um, not only do I want to bring it globally, um, I want to speak more on more adult stages. You know, I have a lot of work with the youth. Um, you know, I see got people, big motivational speakers. Yes. And, you know, I, I feel that I have the gift to be able to draw those type of crowds with the energy that I have and the message that I have. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the global awareness exposing myself to people mm -hmm. will may eventually get me in a position where somebody can see my gifts and my talents. Oh, definitely. And you know what? I think you're going to do, you're doing yourself a disjustice if you do not expand globally because you've got so much to offer. Just listening to you here, I've had goosebumps a few times and it's just, it's just so refreshing to listen to you and your thoughts and you know how you like, I'm feeling motivated and I don't even need it. <laughs> so, you know, so I'm <laughs> definitely, you've got a lot to offer. So I'm so, so excited that you, you know, you're going to expand globally. Uh, do you have any thoughts on how you're going to do that except for podcasts? Do you actually want to go and speak on international stages? Is that like also a goal? Oh of man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my dream, it's funny. Um, <laughs> you, you, it's going to be a little weird, but listen, um, I have, I have a fascination growing up poor. I have a fascination with uh, restaurants and hotels because okay. growing up, I never could stay in a, a hotel and we didn't go to restaurants saying that when you say like, like, you know, being able to talk on stages growing up, my fantasies were hotels and restaurants. Now with my business, 
I live in hotels and I go to restaurants. <laughs> so, you know, it's such a thrill. So when you ask me about stages, I would love to be that guy where I come home from work, I jump in my car, I drive to the airport, you know, I fly to New Zealand, I do, <laughs> you know, a talk there, you yeah. know, I get in the car and I fly to Australia, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, you better believe, you know what I'm saying? I would love to be able to be that guy, you know, um, to do it mm -hmm. and be able to really expand and, 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 you know, give to people that are in need of, of what I'm willing to give. That's amazing. Michael, you are an amazing person. We, like I said in the beginning of this interview, and that's even before I spoke to you, we need more of you. Can you clone yourself and just put yourself in any city, you know, every city in the world? That would be great. Yeah, I would love it. Yeah, I would love it, especially with my business. I need one more of me. It would help. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so we've, we've basically covered, you know, all the questions. So do you have any motivational advice that you can give somebody that's struggling? Yeah, you know, this, this is something, a few things, especially with COVID. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, people need to take this time to self-reflect. You know, everybody's looking at this thing like it's the punishment. It's not a punishment. You know what I'm saying? Not only is it not a punishment, you're going to be sitting at a barbecue in about six months, eight months, and you'll be telling jokes about, do you remember COVID-19 when we couldn't leave our house? I mean, this thing is going to pass, but you need to use this time to self-reflect and start to put together that life that you dreamt of. You know, so many of us get bullied into doing things and, and for some people may lose their jobs because of this, but I think that everything happens for a reason so use this time to self-reflect. Along with self-reflection, people need to learn to live life in the moment. Live life in the moment and stop trying to chase after things because see, when you set a goal and you have a destination, you're so busy trying to get to the destination that you don't enjoy the journey. And the, and the fruits of your journey is where you learn and where you really gain those things that are really fruitful. So, you know, live in the moment, self-reflect, you know what I'm saying, and, and prepare. Mm -hmm. You know, talk a lot about regrets. Yes. If you do proper preparation, then you don't have to about worrying too much about regrets because you put everything in place yes. that you need to do to get to where you're going. That is fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much, Michael. You are an inspiration inside and out. You are just such a vibrant person. And I really appreciate your time on this. And um, yes, so if people do subscribe and also give this video a thumbs up and share this video, because I honestly think a lot of people can benefit out of Michael's message. Just by this, I'm feeling motivated and pumped up for the next couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate your time. And do you have a website link that people can reach out to you? Yes. So I got a few. So for my public speaking, I want them to go to michaelarterberry.com. And that's for my public speaking. For my youth program, I want them to go to youthvoicescenter.org. That's for my youth program. Okay. Um, and we didn't talk about it much, but just real quick, um, I'm, I do an online course. It's nice. called Shake the Dirt Experience. Nice. They can, so they can go to shakethedirtexperience.com. 
Perfect. Okay. Oh, oh, one more thing, Joy. Yes. Uh, I wrote a book. <gasps> yeah, I wrote a you book. Wrote a it's, book? It's called oh, Be goodness. Encouraged. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's called Be Encouraged. What we will do is we will put what all is, your links. We will put all your links um in the bottom of this, and um definitely and then and then where can people find your book? They just go to be encouraged, and then they can purchase it from there. Is it available on Amazon as well? Uh, it's, it's it's on Amazon. Yep, yep, it's on Amazon. So they can go to Amazon um and be encouraged is there. Yes, that's fantastic. Thank okay. you, Michael. Yeah. You're an inspiration. And definitely we'll pop up all your links. And um, I would make sure that people see your message because this is amazing. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Joy. Bye.